Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for Thursday, 27 December 2018. Um, we moved from Monday this week because of the holiday and chose to do it um, on Thursday this week. Um, we have this meeting every week, uh, except when there's U.S. holidays. It's a chance to get together, talk about what everyone's talk about what everyone's doing, um, what sorts of things are going on, what kind of projects people are doing, um, and just get an idea of of how things are going with CircuitPython in general. The meeting is in three parts. Uh, in the beginning, I do the state of CircuitPython, where we'll go over how the how things are going with um, CircuitPython itself and the libraries. The second section is hug reports. This is a chance for people to call out other people for the great things that they're doing in the community. Um, this is something we actually took from uh, the Adafruit weekly internal meeting. Um, and we think it's super important because there's not always an option to call people out for the good things they're doing. Um, and so we try to make sure that that's uh, something that we do. The third section is uh, status reports, where everyone can talk about what they've been up to for the previous week and what they're going to be working on for the rest of the week. Um, that's a software developer type thing where uh, that's actually how this whole meeting started, uh, was giving us a chance to sync up and we expanded it to include the community um, so we know what everyone's doing, uh, which is always excellent. Uh, and actually, there's a fourth section uh, called In the Weeds, and uh, what we do is we save sort of long-form discussions for that time, so that way if um, people who are watching this video uh, just want to get the you know initial info, they can watch the beginning, and then um, any kind of discussions that we want to do at the end where uh, they may be more complex or involved, uh, we put those in the weeds and um, talk about that then. So, I will go ahead and get started with uh, the state of CircuitPython. So, overall, this week we had 139 pull requests merged, which is amazing. We had 10 authors. There are a couple that I've never seen before. Um, I want to say a call out 8.3 um, and Carl FK, I believe, are the two that, that seem new. Um, so we had 10 authors and six reviewers. So thanks to everybody who reviewed. Um, and overall, we had 16 issues closed by six people and nine opened by seven people. So that's a net decrease, which is good. Um, and also the, the fact that it was uh, quite a large number of people who were opening and closing issues is also excellent. So let's talk about the core. So on CircuitPython itself, we had five pull requests merged. Uh, the two new authors are uh, on the core, so that's Carl FK and 8.3. Thank you very much, both of you, for um, for contributing. And we had one reviewer, Dan Halbert, so thank you so much for keeping up with the PRs uh, this week. Um, I know Scott's been out, so uh, Dan has been, has been rocking it. Um, total download stats for 4.0 Alpha 5, which is the current Alpha release, is uh, 406 downloads, uh, which is great. Um, again, uh, the, let's see, the most downloads appear to be, uh, the Trellis M4 Express, which is not at all surprising, um, 
and uh, other than that, um, everything, a lot of the other ones were fairly even. Um, for our current stable release, we had 6,948 downloads, um, which obviously that's the one that more people are um, currently working with. And uh, as usual, Circuit Playground Express leads that. So we can move on to, uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's since the last meeting or if that's overall. Um, I don't remember that. Summersoft might know. Um, TG Techie asked if that was since the last meeting. Um, so in terms of libraries, uh, we have a um, library tracking issue, which I've linked in the notes, uh, which covers um, everything that I'm about to discuss. Uh, we had 134 pull requests merge, so that's where our giant number came from. Um, we had six authors and five reviewers, which is great. Uh, so thank you very much um, to everybody who, who put in uh, PRs with that. 134 is a very massive number. We did a, um, a, a sweep uh, updating readme files, so that's why that number is so high. Uh, we have seven open pull requests right now. We've had nine issues closed by five people and seven opened by six people, uh, giving us 61 uh, total open issues at the moment. Um, below that in the notes is uh, any other issues that are available to work on with those uh, library repos. It's a great way to get started with, um, with CircuitPython is to take a look at issues on libraries and see what things can be fixed up. Some of them are very simple. And so uh, if you ever want to get started contributing, feel free to get a hold of us. We can help you with that process. Um, and it's a great place to start. So overall, I want to say thank you to everyone for an amazing 2018. Um, we say code plus community equals CircuitPython, and we mean it. Without the community, CircuitPython is simply code. We've had so many new contributors and new community members this year. We began on 3.0 at the end of last year, and we released it in July of this year. We are currently working on 4.0, which is going to bring Bluetooth support to the new uh, NRF52840 boards. Uh, our community has been growing and it's been wonderful to see all the projects and ideas members have been working on throughout the year. So thank you to everyone for being such an important part of what we do. And we are looking forward to seeing what comes next. Uh, we're incredibly grateful to all of you for being a part of this adventure and we're super excited to continue into 2019. So thank you to everyone who's been involved. Um, it's been an amazing year and it's going to only get better. So that is uh, the overall state of CircuitPython in the libraries. And the next thing we're gonna do is hug reports. So hug reports are done as a round robin where we will start at, um, I will start, and then we'll go down the list alphabetically. If you're lurking, um, we will uh, skip you. And if you are text only, you can type into the chat um, and we will, I will read it out and we'll put it in the notes. Um, I will start as an example and then we'll go down the list. So I have a pretty long list of hug reports today. First and foremost, uh, congratulations to Scott. He uh, got married and he's on a trip to Iceland. So I wish you all the best and hope that you have a wonderful time. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you back, but uh, I hope that you're having an amazing time um, while you're gone. Uh, I want to give a shout out to TG Techie for some epic linting. Uh, that was uh, one of the biggest linting uh, numbers that I've ever seen, and you plowed through all of it. I'm super proud of you. Uh, that was really amazing. Uh, to Dan H for keeping up with all the PRs while Scott is gone. Um, 
want to uh, call out Lady Ada for all the graphics work over the holidays and to Jerry for testing all of the things. Um, you two have been rocking it out real hard. Uh, thanks to Brennan for merging my PyPI PRs. Uh, those are they're they're fairly boilerplate, but there's easy things to miss, and so I'm really grateful that um, Brennan has been keeping up with that as well. I want to thank Carter, Andin, and Mr. Certainly for keeping Discord happy over the holidays. We had very minimal moderation issues, but still things that needed to be dealt with, and uh, most of the time, by the time I got to it, it had already been handled. So thank you guys for keeping up with that. Um, it makes my life a, a lot easier and makes Discord a great place to be. Um, I want to thank Dan for taking notes for the meetings today. I want to thank Roy for helping me test OBS before the meeting today. I want to thank uh, Phil and Roy for running backup on the meeting recording. And once again, I want to thank everyone for amazing 2018. Thank you again for being part of this adventure, and I can't wait to see what 2019 brings. So that is my hug reports. Next up, we have Lady Ada, who is typing. Hug report to Katni, myself, for many Pi PI. To Jerry N for Wi-Fi pair coding, project pair coding and testing. Davis Stells for helping Noe and Pedro with their ball drop project. And a group hug for 2018. What a year. That's my hugs. Thanks, Lady Ada. All right, next up is Roy. Just a general hug report for the state of CircuitPython uh, since I last looked at it. And uh, to uh, well, everybody for all the great contributions, it's uh, such a great project. All right, excellent, thank you. All right, Sean Heimel. Uh, nothing new for the past week, but uh, group hugs to everyone. Excellent. All right, next up is Summersoft. You're unmuted, but I can't hear you. OK, we'll circle around. TG Techie, do you have any hug reports? Hi, um, I do. I have a hug report for you, Katni. Um, Summersoft and let me check Cater um, for helping me so much with learning about linting, which I didn't know was a thing, and um, for helping me chug through the enormous list of things to fix. And the code reviews. Thank you, Summersoft. Your advice was incredibly helpful. Thank you. You did a really great job with that. Thank you. It means a lot. 
All right. Uh, next up, Adafruit. Oh, hi. That's me, Phil. Um, yeah. I'm just going to be in the, I'll be in the weed section. Hug reports to everybody, of course. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Next up is Brent. Um, hug report to Jerry for continued testing of Tiny Laura, um, helping me work through a very confusing recent PR. Um, Scott for wedding and for everybody working on 4.0, thanks for the graphics work. And a group hug for CircuitPython in 2018. Thank you. All right, Carter. Just a happy holidays and a group hug for me this week. Excellent, thanks. C. Grover. Yeah, big group hug today. I appreciate all the mentoring that I received from the team over the past year. 2018 was a real growth year for me and I, I really do appreciate that. Okay. All right, the next two are lurking. So next up, we have Dan H. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Jerry and Lady Ada for working on the coprocessor Wi-Fi stuff, which is a whole new product direction that we can do, which is really great. It makes it a lot easier to use the Wi-Fi chips, and it means we can drop support for um, mixed Wi-Fi and CircuitPython chips like ESP8266. Uh, thanks to TAC for work, continuing working on NRF52 stuff. Um, in the um, sort of ideas about how to do asynchronous computing with CircuitPython, Notro and Bernhard Boser, a professor at Berkeley, have both uh, submitted some ideas recently, and Notro has, has a, several um, sort of speculative um, pull requests and suggestions, which are some very interesting ideas to simplify uh, doing async stuff. And finally, uh, Arofarn and 8.3 uh, submitted some new translations, and we also have other people's translations in the works. So the translation stuff is going on in the background and is working out really well. Thank you all. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. Jerry. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks to Lady Ada for all the work on the uh, the uh, ESP8266 and ESP32 AT control stuff. It's really, really, really come along and it's working really well. And also for the work she did on the on the new frame buff and and uh, graphic support stuff. That's really nice to nice to see. Um, to um, attack for the uh, quick fix to the uh, to a, a lingering issue that was there with the NRF5280 5280 UART. Um, just got fixed and it uh, looks like it's working really well and a really nice quick turnaround on that. And Katni Somersoff, you really made my inbox feel necessary this week. Thanks. <laughs> you are welcome. All right, Somersoft, are you uh, sorted? You're super quiet. Do you want to type it into the chat? It's typed into the notes, so you want yep, to... Yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah. All right. 
let's see. So uh, Summersoft said, oh, typing. Um, hug report to Katni for merging all of the readme updates. I had the easy part and to everyone else for taking the inbox flood in stride. Um, to TG Techie for the CircuitPython GFX library work. And the last group hug of 2018. Been a great year. Thanks to all of you. All right. And that is hug reports. Next up is status updates. Uh, this is a chance for everyone to discuss what they've done over the last week um, or since the last meeting, which has actually been longer than a week this week. Um, and to uh, talk about what they're going to be doing uh, over the course of the next week until the next meeting, which is also longer than a week this time. Um, so uh, I will start and then we'll do the round robin again where we'll go down the um, go down the list and uh, everybody can talk about what they've done and what they're going to be doing. Um, this can be uh, anything from core work to uh, a project you might have worked on to um, any kind of uh, thing that you might be doing. We'd love to hear about everything. So I will get started. Um, so last week, uh, the week before the holiday, um, I was in Chicago for a week and I did two CircuitPython workshops. Those went great. Uh, we now have 50, more than 50 new CircuitPython community members to look forward to. Um, we uh, did it, the, the inbox flood that everyone was referring to is that we migrated everything from travisci.org to travisci.com and that meant that we needed to update all of the readmes to uh, reflect that change. So we had to do PRs to every single repo and uh, merge all of those. And that meant uh, multiple emails for every single one of those. So thank you everyone for dealing with that. Uh, but that is done and now everything's up to date. The badges go to the proper place. So when you click the build badge, you will get to the new a home of all of our all of our repos. Um, while I was on my way to and from Chicago, I deprecated a number of uh, Python and MicroPython libraries and guides, um, stuff that we're not supporting anymore, and so we just need to get it. Um, we need to get it deprecated, and uh, and we we got through some of that. Um, it hasn't been supported in a long time, so it's good to get that moved. And we have CircuitPython libraries to replace a lot of them. So it's good to uh, get those linked and issues moved and that sort of thing. Um, and all of the other things I forgot I did. So beyond that, uh, keeping up with library work, we have some new libraries. Um, this week I will be adding a sharp memory display in PCD8544 to PyPI. Um, there's some other various things that I need to do with the repos. Uh, there are now, um, if you look in the notes, 120 libraries with release with commits since the last release because we updated the build badge. So I would appreciate any assistance on uh, doing re releases on all of the libraries to get that down. Um, 
it's something we should do because we need to be able to use that Adabot check to know um, what libraries need releases. And at the moment, um, it just looks like all of them do because they do. So uh, if anybody wants to help with that, uh, please feel free to get a hold of um, to get a hold of me, and uh, I will. Um, I will let you know like what needs to happen with that. It's it's a real simple thing to do, um, but help would be help would be useful. Um, okay, I yeah um, the I haven't updated the the library. Lady Ada said if you assign some to me, I'll do them right now. Um, I haven't updated the CircuitPython library tracking issue recently, so that is a bad um, that is a bad place to look. And the current notes um, have that collapsed, so I'll have to run Adabot. Um, myself and then get that info to you. So, um, all right. So I need the servo kit featherwing guide is live. Uh, I need to update the shield and hat guide still, and it still needs to be tested on the Pi hat. Uh, I'm going to be picking up some GitHub issues that need to be cleaned up. Um, and then also, uh, as a side note, I'm looking more into looking into automating more of the Pi PI process. Uh, this is something I will want to discuss with Summersoft. Um, and we have some other minor issues with cookie cutter that keep cropping up that we need to look into why they are, um, why they're happening. So uh, that's something to deal with later. And that is my current um, status update. Uh, Lady Ada, what are you up to? Okay, sorry, can you hear me? Just I can. I'm, Oh, amazing. Um, okay, so I'm doing a lot of um, graphics and Wi-Fi stuff because we're going to be doing um, display I.O. soon, but there's still a couple of libraries that were depend on frame buff. So I think I got them all. Um, I might add ST7565, which is a pretty simple monochrome display. If there's other monochrome displays that people use, like one-bit displays um, similar to the Sharp or Nokia or ST7565. Now would be a good time to put an issue in because I can kind of do them all at once. Um, and then I'm going to be moving on to um, adding pillow image support into the frame buff object, which will allow um, Linux users to um, use all those monochrome displays, kind of like, you know, a Raspberry Pi or something. Um, then I'll be moving on to the RGB graphics stuff. Again, we'll, we'll have a lot of that in display IO, but I'd like to have like a software, um, fallback, especially for, um, we'll, we'll just, we implement a lot of this stuff for Linux to have display IO capabilities. That's why it's worth doing, mm -hmm. I think. Um, meanwhile, I'm also kind of poking slowly at adding FT232H support to Blinka. Um, I don't really have time to do that, but if someone out there has any experience with FT232H, uh, is interested in doing that, um, some help would be useful. We've got some code, but it has to, it's one of those things that's like, you have to test on Mac, you have to test on Windows, you have to test on Linux, and each one's a little bit different. Um, very exciting. But that would allow people to use CircuitPython on a Windows or Mac computer using an FT232H chip to interface with hardware but still using the CircuitPython library interface. That'd be interesting. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it's nice, except it's it's the FD232H, which is terrible. <laughs> um, uh, Jerry asked, will the new frame buff graphics stuff work with the mini TFT feathering? Yes, that, that's the RGB graphics. That's, I believe the mini TFT is an ST7735. Uh, so that is one of the RGB displays that's supported. So theoretically, once that 
poor quest is in, it should sort of just magically work um, because it's a type. We'll just have to set the right size and um, display offset. It's one of those just like you have to go through and try each one and like it's very exciting and each one's a little bit different. Um, yay, hardware. I'm also doing Wi-Fi stuff. People who want to um, jump in and try the Wi-Fi coprocessor stuff, now's a really good time. It's actually sort of stabilizing. Um, I might tweak a little bit um, some of the APIs to add proper socket interfacing. Um, again, have you done BSD sockets? Do you just love that? Now's a really excellent time to join in the party uh, to implement BSD socket support over AT commands. Um, and um, I'll be doing a lot of the work, so you just have to kind of test it and try it out. But people who've, who've done that kind of stuff before, especially, um, would be uh, super appreciated, especially because sockets are um, kind of old and clunky, but are the standard um, interface that people use. Um, and then we'll kind of be doing that for the next week. Uh, and then when Scott returns, we'll probably um, look at display IO and, and frame buff and, and GFX and see how that all works out. And, um, but you know, all the libraries will be cleaned up and ready to go. So that will be, um, it'll be ready for the switch over to display IO. Excellent. All right, thank you. Next up is Roy. So I've uh, jumped back into the RGB-led stuff to um, sort of try to finish that project up, which is the RGB-led and pixel buff stuff, the pixel buff being a C implementation of a bunch of the logic needed for both um, dot star and NeoPixel to accelerate those for larger uh, arrays and strips. And I'm just sort of the piece that's hanging me up right now is figuring out how to implement uh, the auto write stuff while I'm that's sort of I think for in the weeds later but okay. the work is progressing the re-implementations of the NeoPixel class turned out to be like five lines um, because the rest is all in C now so I'm hoping the performance gains will be incredible I haven't actually benchmarked in a while and so um but I also managed to update the pixel buff code to compile against the latest master, so it seems to work. Nice. Although Travis hates me, I think it doesn't like the fact that my branch can't upload assets to S3. Mm. All right. Excellent, thank you. Sean, what are you up to? Uh, nothing real new this week, just basically taking it off, but um, I did notice that um what do i need to do to get stuff into the releases and i don't know if this is an in the weeds question um uh, because i noticed the last release of circuit python didn't include the mkr zero stuff um don't know who you need to talk to to make sure that's in there so it actually will be in there as of um alpha six. Oh, okay so it's gonna make it in there we're just behind yeah because we would have the alpha five release would have been done before it was um before it was added and we have it set up so that we will have proper releases as of alpha six. But for right now, um, you need to grab it off of the S3 bucket. S3, okay. So that's that's how we're, we're handling it in between. The same thing happened with the trellis. We, we released the trellis before we released the releases. So it's just a matter of the cycle being um, the way the cycle works. Right, I just missed it. Okay, cool, thank you. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, Summersoft. You turn green, but I can't hear you. 
All right. So I will read it off. Last week, uh, library readme updates for the Travis badge. This week, unsure and open to suggestion. Maybe I should reattack frequency in. Four months seems long enough to ignore something. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about that later. Um, and uh, also in the notes was uh, sweep Betabot library checks for un for necessary updates related to Travis.com migrations. Um, yeah, we can talk about uh, frequency in uh, or whatever it is that you uh, would like to pick up. All right, next up is TG Techie. Hi, so um, this past week, more than a week, but um, I've been porting my text support code from my own quote-unquote library um, and added it to the CircuitPython GFX, which was very fun. Um, and I also added round rectangle to GFX, which is one of my favorite shapes. And then I learned about a thing called um, linting, uh, which was <laughs> fun um, and a complete blast. But um, I can tell I still have a lot more to learn about the whole process, and I'm excited to do so. Um, this next week, I should be ordering a board that runs CircuitPython. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'd love a little hardware review to double check it'll be compatible if anyone's willing and um yeah and then back to working on the tricorder eventually i'll port the gui code to work with a gfx or displayio library nice um yeah feel free to post the um hardware into the circuit python chat and if there's anyone who um, has that skill uh they can take a look at that thank you Absolutely. All right. Uh, Phil, I think, is lurking So for now. Um, so next up is Brent. Hello. Um, I've been working on radio modules with CircuitPython, working on a guide currently for doing Raspberry Pi with radio modules, so like the RFM. 96, uh, RFM 69, um, and it'll be a nice guide because we don't have anything like that right now mm -hmm. for both of them. And um, that's basically what I'm up to for the end of 2018. Excellent. Thank you. Carter, what are you up to? Um, not a lot CP this week with the holidays and everything. It's just mattering of small, little low-hanging fruit things. I think there was a uh, gas sensor issue I came across, and I did some sanity checking on that. And there was the uh, issue for that OLED display mm -hmm. that I said we need a driver for, but it turns out we already have a driver for it. So just basically verify that that will work and issue closed. That's about all I can remember for now. All right. Excellent. Uh, next up is C. Grover. Let's see, I wrapped up uh, some tests on that Neotrellis M4 Stemma to Eurorack synth test that was shown in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Mm -hmm. And uh, that involved building an external um, MCP 4725 DAC module. 
um, a couple of breakout boards for me and it so I could get five volts out of an op amp um, buffer that I put on that. Mm -hmm. And it was all powered from the Stemma 3.3 volt um, power supply. And I'm sending, so that was this week. That was kind of time consuming. Um, a side note is that Eurorack synthesizers are consuming, potentially but so if you're going to get into your rack since you have to you have to give up food for at least a week or so afford <laughs> it anyway um three lines off to Oshpark. and one is a stemma classic midi interface i'm i'm going to keep working on stemma for a while here because it's pretty flexible and i've built it into a couple of my um diy uh Eurorack synths and it's pretty handy for getting all sorts of stuff attached to it. But I need a classic MIDI interface. So it, I, I designed one with uh, opto-isolated inputs and buffered outputs and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it'll be compatible with CircuitPython through the UART uh, library on the Trellis M4. Wow. Very That's cool. It. Thank you. All right, next up is Dan. Um, so there have been, since Scott was away, I've reviewed some PRs that we would have shared all together. And then um, mostly I've been working on uh, the, the Bluetooth stuff on the NRF. I have advertising working. Once you connect, it doesn't work, but uh, there's a bunch of stuff we can do just with advertising like beacons or one-way data transmission. So I may um, sort of polish that off enough so that I can get a release going that people can test and we can all try to debug um, the BLE, the uh, connection stuff. It's, it's, it's difficult. There's all kinds of other BLE devices in the house, like headphones that interfere with things and you have to filter them out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then last week, I'm not sure if I said this last week or not, but I finished the Travis, the migration from travisci.org to .com and also went through all the repos and cleaned up, uh, read the docs. There were a few of those that were not using webhooks and there were some with the wrong webhooks. So there was kind of a general pass through that to fix, to fix all that up. And I think they're all working out pretty well right now. Yeah, so we're completely off that. of travisci.org as far as I know. Excellent, thank you so much for doing that. Okay, welcome. All right, next up is Jerry. Yeah, I spent a lot of time this week playing with the uh, the ESP AT control stuff, and uh, one of the things that I really wanted to do is is uh, get the function going so I could post data to my Adafruit I/O uh, feeds, and and that that's been fun to work on, and it's working now. So you can really really easily um, use the uh, the new webhooks connection that's out on Adafruit I/O and send stuff through these uh, coprocessors. So it opens up a lot of opportunities there. Uh, also, been doing a lot of spending a lot of time making sure that it's all working on the particle argon board, which is self-contained, has both the uh, NRO52840 and the uh, and the ESP32 on the same board, so mm -hmm. you don't even need a second board. And nice. it, it works well on there. Um, and I'm trying to do some work on the on the guide, trying to help out with that for for this. Um, I'm I'm such a fine fine guide writing so so difficult, but I'm, I'm trying. And um, and then uh, a, there's a quick PR um, just to update some of the stuff for the uh, um, NRF builds. 
and uh, and then a recent issues come up that in in about if people are trying to use the uh, um, the AT firmware, there there can be an issue in trying to load it to the ESP8266 and just trying to track that down and, and come up with a you know a, a way around this to avoid a, a potential issue that's been occurring. So if people run into it, ping me. There is a workaround. It's a little cumbersome, but it can be done. Okay, good to know. Thank you for figuring that out. All right, and with that, that is status updates. So the last section of the meeting we like to call lovingly in the weeds. Uh, it's where we open up discussion to um, more long, longer form discussion, uh, things that people want to talk about that um, maybe they want to get some help from other people or uh, just have some questions that, that someone else can answer. Um, if you have topics that aren't already in the notes, um, while we're actually doing other people's in the weeds, please post them into the text chat and I will add them to the notes. And then that way we will, um, that way we will uh, have it and we won't uh, worry about uh, sitting around waiting for people uh, to come up with ideas. So um, the first thing we have in the notes is from Phil. And uh, Phil, do you wanna go ahead and take it away? Yeah, <clears throat> hello. Just want to make sure you can hear me. I can. Okay. Um, so for our Circuit Python repository, GitHub has a feature called Topics. Mm -hmm. We only have Circuit Python, um, so we probably uh, I don't know how beneficial it is, but it's a feature. There's um, more things you can add. So I thought we would look at it. If you want to go to GitHub.com/slash/adafruit/slash/CircuitPython, um, I thought we would at least carry forward what MicroPython has. So MicroPython has MicroPython. Um, they have Python embedded in microcontroller. And I thought we would at least have all of those. And in addition to that, C Python, Python 3, Education and Beginner. Um, as you type words, um, if you're one of the people who can change our repo, it has a pull down list of all those things. Mm -hmm. So if anyone has any other, other suggestions, I'm going to put this in the notes right now. Um, let me know. And unless there's objections, I'll just add them and you can always change them. But um, that's, that's pretty much it. With, that. So they're in the notes now. If you need them. Excellent. Um, yeah. So does anyone else have any other ideas of things that we could add? This is uh, to make it so that if people are searching for things on GitHub, I believe um, the repo will come up. Um, so we want to make it easier to find CircuitPython uh, for people who are looking for particular things. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say that it sounds good. Um, so yeah, I think we can add those. Uh, and if we want to add more later, we always can. And if we want to change them, we always can. But I think it's yeah. a great start. What I'll do is I'll, um, so everything I do, I also put in a newsletter. So I'll put in the newsletter, hey, we have topics. Yeah. Um, now, and, um, you know, feel free to suggest some. Okay. Um, oh, and, you know, last on that is um, I really like that we're Python, Pythonic. Yeah. So I think that's something that we should, you know, put there too. Like, hey, if you really like C Python, if you like Py if you like real Python, this is this is for you. Okay. Um, next up, uh, Scott has a has a post and um, I helped out with that. I put it in the newsletter. It's the Circuit Python 2019. Your feedback welcome. So do take a look at it and get a, get in touch with us with all things that you want to see in Circuit Python in 2019. Um, that's also in the newsletter. And next up, um, this is 
since it's in the weeds in the Discord chat right now. That's a preview that I just posted. Um, Discord approved, oh, sorry, um, Nordic approved us using their logo, which is really rare. Um, we said, hey, like we're doing all this stuff with the, the Nordic stuff for Python or circuit Python 4. Can we have Blinka wrapped around the Nordic logo? And I thought they were going to say no, but they're like, well, like, thanks for asking. You never know what marketing is going to say. And they said yes. Nice. So, yeah. So, so that's our, that's our circuit Python 4 poster. Yay. Uh, so I thought that was cool. So I guess hug report for Nordic if we were going to go back in time. Yeah. For some hug report. Uh, allows if you know if you love your brand set it free sometimes um <laughs> yeah and then um on new year's day if all goes well we're going to have a live video of um it, some of the cool stuff we've been doing with the esp32 as a as a module with circuit python mm -hmm. so there'll be a live camera and when people star our github repo you'll see it light up a star it'll go ding and uh, we'll just have that feed running as long as live video feeds are allowed to run on on these things. So um, if you have any other ideas, this is part of what Lamar was talking about mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of cool IoT stuff. And we could display that on screen eventually, but this one will just be a physical little widget. It's a light-up star, and it'll have the number of um, stars um, on a display for folks to, to play around with. We did the cheer lights version of this on New Year's Eve where um, we have a video on our YouTube channel mm -hmm. and it'll be in the newsletter next week where people could change the lights, the cheer lights around the world. And that was using CircuitPython and an ESP32. Nice. That's the weeds. All right. Excellent. Um, we have some more stuff in the weeds that uh, there's not a name with. Um... Oh, yeah, that was for me. All right. Excellent. Uh, it's just two things that, you know, now that we're, we're moving away, you're going to be dropping support for a couple of chips like mm -hmm. the ESP, uh, ADZ6. And I think we're formally, you know, saying that we're not going to, the, the ESP32 is not going to be in the future. Correct. Uh, it's just worth mentioning that, you know, as these questions come up on the, especially on Discord, and the, you know, it, it's probably worth, you know, mentioning people that, you know, they can go to MicroPython, they can use them as co-processors, first of all, that's the best thing, but, uh, mm -hmm. You know, we we may get a lot of questions, and might, we want to help people. You know, feel comfortable moving it over to Circuit Python if they really want to. Um, and then the same sort of thing comes about with the Feather NRF fifty two eight thirty two, because as I understand, it, we'll be dropping support for that as well. Mm -hmm. And so again, just steering people in the direction. You know, it's well supported by Arduino. Um, there's the minute. Um, a whole package. So just, you know, things to keep in mind as people ask questions about what they can and can't do with those. And if anybody has any other thoughts about how we should be treating them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I think we'll be, we'll be ahead. updating the guides for sure. Um, I'll do that and sweep through, but basically, yeah, as a 4.0, I think once we get to beta, that's when I'll update the guides and we'll also um, archive or deprecate the um, support of AMPI. Um, because it's just it's just too difficult for us to maintain something that's for a, a hardware that we don't use. Um, so if anybody, you know, I mean, if people want to fork Ampy and and still use it for MicroPython, that you know, that's great. But um, we kind of have to move towards the experience that we think people love the most, which is having the USB drive. And I think it's I think it's worth it to spend a couple dollars more to get a chip that supports it. Great. Yeah, absolutely. USB is important. 
Yeah, and on that note, like we're, this is Phil here, we're project driven. So we'll show like, here's all this, like it's not an if, uh, it's not a which one's better. It's more like if you want to do these types of projects and spend most of your time making the project um, and having fun with it, here's a way to use CircuitPython and ESP32 as a coprocessor. However, you know, if, 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 you, if, if you have unlimited time and you just want to spend a dollar on like a chip or whatever an ESP32 is, there's MicroPython and like here's examples out there. We, you know, we cover that in our newsletter and like cool projects on our blog. But I think the more projects you know we have that shows how this makes sense, um, and you can have you know, more 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 time with what you want to do, um, the better. Excellent. Okay. Uh, next up in the notes, uh, we have some stuff from Roy. Roy, do you want to go ahead and take it away? Yeah. Sure. So. Um... One of the things I'm trying to figure out is the best way to have the pixel buff support auto write support. Yeah, so the pixel buff manages the, um, uh, I guess the, or it implement implements the sort of uh, the indexing support directly in C, and I can think of two different ways of um, making it so auto write is called or is supported either writing building it right into um, pixel buff via callback, so you, cause you need some way to call Python to do the NeoPixel write or dot star write or so on, or uh, make it a method. I'm not sure. I sort of need someone's guidance on how to go digging in the code in CircuitPython to do that and do that well so that it just works. Um, maybe something to talk about afterwards, and maybe Dan can help. Um, but the question, I guess, is is a callback or is a um, abstract method a better way of implementing that? So you're saying you want to call NeoPix the, Neo, the low-level NeoPixel write and stuff like that? I mean, you can call that from C. That's the idea. So I'd probably I'd want to or I need a way to call that from C. So the class hierarchy will be there's pixel buff in um, Circuit Python. And then RGB LED will be the abstract base class for uh, dot star and NeoPixel. Uh, and that will implement the very minimal changes to init, um, anything that's needed for um, like things like show, we'll call NeoPixel write in the basic NeoPixel implementation. Um, it would also give us a way to, if we ever have DMA support, figure out how to hook that in either here or via callbacks. Um, so either a callback or a abstract method. Um, my feeling from looking around the code base is it might be hard to implement a abstract method. I'm not positive about that though, in the C um, side of things. Could you keep in the, so pixel buff, are there pixel buff objects or is it just a module? It's a object. So you could you could have a pointer to the underlying, have a handle or something to the underlying hardware implementation and call it directly from pixel buff rather than going out to Python and back in again. Since mm -hmm. NeoPixel write is written in C anyway, all these yeah. you know, the dot star stuff, I mean I would just I would I would figure out some way. I actually didn't realize that frame, that pixel buff was a super class of NeoPixel and so forth. I thought that 
you were going to have it was just going to provide hardware support and you would call it from the NeoPixel or DotStar classes. That was the original idea and then the code ended up reshaping itself after a discussion with Scott into using sort of uh, object oriented design and it's actually cleaned the code up. Okay. So well, well I would say is can you can you put some into can you add some extra field like even a pointer to the module or something that you could when you create the pixel buff class that says what kind of thing it like call this thing at the lowest level yeah i could i could look into doing that yeah um, and so that it wouldn't it wouldn't as this would be all that pythonic necessarily but it would it would it would it would it would work because that's what the there was no there was no mechanism for I'm actually surprised that it works because in general, there's no mechanism in MicroPython for supporting uh, Python versions of the native classes. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's surprising, but it just seems to work. I'm, yeah, I'm in the middle of testing it. Okay. Um, if it doesn't work as expected, then I'll have to wrap everything, but that's what the RGB led class is there for anyway, is to provide um, the driver and also when you don't have pixel buff support in the hardware, there'll be a Python fallback. Okay. So, so yeah, so I would just say provide some, like when you call the constructor or whatever for, for pixel buff then pass in something that indicates what the lowest level. It, yes, that's actually a, a good idea because then anything that already has direct hardware output support from a buffer can just be called. And I think, I can't remember, I have to look at the dot star code. I haven't played with that in a little while. I've been focusing on NeoPixel, but it has NeoPixel, right? Like you said, which takes a single or two arguments, which be very easy to pass in a arbitrary first argument somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got the benefit of no callback into Python. It's just direct uh, direct C code, so it'll be a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so see if that works out, and then we can talk about it. If that doesn't work, think about some other way of doing it. And MicroPython just yeah. added subclassing of native module. It's not, we don't have it yet, but they added it in, in upstream and we could, cherry pick that if we needed it so yeah and uh, i guess the sort of the second part of the question is um i guess we probably want to maintain exact compatibility of the neopixel class as well as the dot star one uh, so that people don't have to rewrite code i would um, say yeah that code is pretty pervasive so we can avoid so some of the work will be sort of how to test that um, to make sure it works. Scott mm -hmm. had suggested we almost at some point do a hard fork to switch the um, NeoPixel and .star libraries to um, use the pixel buff code or the RGB LED as a base. Um, I'm not sure how clean and easy that will be. And I'm wondering if we sort of for version four 
have, or if we get, even if we get this into four, it might actually go to five at this point. If we have a transitionary period where people who want to use pixel buff have to go a different route, and then by the time we get to the next major release, we should be able to switch over to it. Well, if you can do it by uh, catching uh, exceptions from imports that don't exist, then that's easy way for now. And then when we do the next major version release and we have a, bu a bundle with new versions of NeoPixel and Dotstar, then I think that's the right time to do that. So that the, the either the, the, the four bundle or the five bundle would correspond to the, to the version. Yep, I think that that's sort of what we'll have yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah, I think that would work out. I, I don't see that as a problem because we're making other such changes. Right now, the three and the four live, the three and the four bundles are the same, but they don't have to be. So. Right. Okay. I guess that's the answer to my questions. The bundles don't have to be the same in the future. No, it's just it's just right. It was we decided to make a four bundle even though it was the same as three, so we do something like this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for previously it had, it had only been due to like MPY format changes, but this is as good a reason as any. So Yeah, what I'm doing currently is I'm just dumping the neopixel.py and dotstar.py into my RGB led re repo and those could be moved back somewhere else in the future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see see how it works out, and then um, and people can test it, you know, by replacing those particular libraries, and then eventually yep. we can make it be part of a big bang of a major version release. Cool. All right. And you had one more question, Roy. Yeah. So this is sort of a. Um, came out of the Trellis M4 board being awesome, and I want to use more Python with it and less Arduino. Um, so I had a bunch of fun with the um, FFT code that is in the examples and added some features to it, but I'd really rather have been driving that from CircuitPython. Doing that kind of math in CircuitPython is currently not real easy unless you do in C. Um, have we sort of got any kind of plans in the roadmap for how we might go about doing things like FFTs or other intense math. Um, probably have to run it mostly from C. Um, so maybe uh, some kind of math helper library that would help out or maybe adding things like FFTs directly to a circuit Python. I think it would make I sense think that um, for that which we've chatted about it. It definitely would have to be M4 only because it would be, you know, it would come in hardware. There's just mm -hmm. no way to do it in software. Um, I don't even know if we'd have a helper. It's tough to split apart FFT just because it's like when you split it apart, you're like, oh, look, you're just doing all this math. Um, so I think some things like filters and FFTs um, where you really need the C code, we would want to add that as sort of a native assist. Um, doing that's a it's sort of a long-term thing that we chat about. Where do you want to open up an issue and, and look at it? I know Davis Dells also was curious about it. Um, and he wrote a guide about how to implement small um, additions to CircuitPython so that, you know, you could rely on that guide on how to do it. Of course, we'd have to come up with an API, but, you know, maybe we'd come up with the buckets and then it would return back the even and odd array of, of data. 
Yep. Okay. There, there's also there's a, a there's an interview. I'll put it in the chat. There's a, a forum post about DSP instructions on the M4 and about taking real advantage of them, which the compiler doesn't necessarily do. So you can take a Paul Stafferden from uh, the Teensy, the Teensy man uh, wrote some interesting stuff in there. So you might want to take a look at that. Yeah, certainly lots of potential here. Okay. Cool. Sounds like we got that sorted and I don't see any other issues for in the weeds. Uh, so I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We're almost to an hour here. Um, I wanna thank everybody who made it today. Uh, we had many more people than I expected, uh, which is excellent. Um, I want to say one more time, thank you for to everyone for everything that was done in 2018. It was an amazing year, and 2019 is only going to be better. Um, I want to remind everyone that uh, the meeting will not be happening next Monday, which is uh, New Year's Eve, uh, and will not be happening again until the following Monday, so we're going to be skipping next week entirely. Uh, it's been I believe it's pinned message. If it's not, I will add it to the pinned messages so that uh, everyone remembers. Um, inevitably, someone's going to ask and we will just tell you. Uh, not a big deal. Um, but again, thank you to everyone. Uh, without you, um, we would just be writing code. Uh, we need you to be our community and we're super, super excited that you are. So thank you very much to everyone and uh, have a wonderful rest of your year and a wonderful rest of your holiday. And we will see you again in 2019. Thanks.